Hello and welcome to Rednets, the official podcast of Empire the Cop. Uh, joining me today, as ever, is Rick Elliott. And we've also got fellow Empire the Cop writer Peter Kenny Jones on as well. And of course, myself, Farrell Keeling. Um, a lot of topics to get into here today. Prime amongst them, a 2-0 win against Porto in the Champions League. A Champions League debut for Tyler Morton. A phenomenal Thiago goal to discuss. But, you know, we had to work to get there, didn't we, Pete? You know, the, the first half performance uh, left a little bit to desire. You know, it seemed like the players were struggling to motivate themselves. So what, what did you make of it? I think it's understandable. Eh? When, you, when you've got yourself through with two games to go, I think you can afford them a bit of... Or maybe a bit like lost during the first half, but I think the crowd in LP because I think the, the same, you know, the door kind of came as in we wanted them to impress us and get us going. And I think they were a bit flat, but as soon as you get, you know, obviously that goal from Manny that was disallowed, that got the crowd going a bit and obviously helped the second half. But yeah, I think it, it's understandable, isn't it? When you make quite a few changes and you're already through what's going to happen, you're going to be you know, a bit lackluster and a bit laid back for the, for the start of the game. And, and Rick, I mean, I mean, we have we were treated to an absolutely phenomenal effort from Thiago Alcantara um, in the second half. I mean, the the, the technique on offer uh, in that in that shot was just phenomenal, wasn't it? The way he just sort of skirted around the ball to sort of position himself perfectly, but just, I mean, I'm not sure what was better. Just you know, his, his positioning. I mean, this was the obvious answer is just the, just the perfection with with in terms of how he hit that ball. Yeah, it just it looks like something that isn't quite real. It, it's sort of like, yeah, it, it, I've I've seen someone I can't remember where it was. I think it was on Twitter say like if if someone had scored that against me on on FIFA, I would say that this game is bugged. And but like it's just like a real life play. There's just like wow, like you just the the ball physics, the way that like uh, the amount of backspin that's on it that just sort of like it, I mean, there's a massive debate over whether it actually uh, hits the ground. I think it just skims the ground a little bit, but like that shouldn't detract from the way that it just like yeah, it, it almost it's like it hovers through the air and then just sort of like makes a makes a slight curve to the right it's oh chef's kiss um but no it was a it was a phenomenal goal and then the salad goal um afterwards uh to 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 sort of cement the win was was equally as like you know i mean it starts off with a with a tyler morton like you know phenomenal ball into salah you know, and then it just like sort of passes to Hendo, pass back to Salah, and then, you know, it's it's it wasn't like an exact an exact repeat of the Thiago goal, but I mean, like the, the positioning of where it ends up in the back of the net, you know, the the way that it's testing the keeper on his, on that side, it's you know, it, it it, I mean, it was a phenomenal like phenomenal set of goals. Um, it's just like what I was saying, it was just it just took a while for us to get up to speed and get to that point where we're putting those in the back of the net. I mean, it was almost a training ground esque goal from Salah. Just the way he kind of almost sauntered across that sort of eighteen yard box. You know, I mean, he's he's not not been criticised, but I suppose he hadn't been quite perhaps at the highest level we know he can hit. But he still comes off the end, produces that sort of moment of magic, and suddenly we're two 0 up against Porto um, with our opponents having squandered uh, some clear cut chances early in the game. You know, you have to take your chances. We know this. You know, we've been we've been hurt from this before. We've won games as well this before. Whoever's whoever's bravest at the end of the day. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Morton, but certainly before we move on to the youngsters' debut, 
Um, a few interesting stats to sort of share with you all. So we've had 15 points now in the group, which are, is more than the rest of the group opponents combined. Um, also, interestingly, we've broken an 82-year-old record thanks to Mo Salah's goal in terms of 16 consecutive games scoring two or more goals. So that matches the record laid out by Wolves. Um, impressive stuff. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it's interesting that despite Thiago's goal, um, the, the limelight has, has been massively sort of shared with Tyler Morton after that sort of impressive debut. Pete, I just want to get your opinion on him. Like, What did you make of that? Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, I was at the, the Preston game where he played. I thought he played really well then. I was sort of looking forward to him getting more chance because obviously the, the big stress was all the midfield injuries, wasn't it? And who was going to play? And it was great then, obviously, because he was so comfortable against Arsenal. He got a few minutes then as well. And then for him to start last night, you know, it, it wasn't a worry. I don't know for, for everyone, I don't know. But when I saw him, it wasn't someone you're thinking, oh God, I don't know if he's going to be good enough. I, I, I had confidence he, he would do well. And I think it was important he didn't play alongside two of the youngsters or whatever, you know. Obviously with Oxley Chamberlain, he's trying his best to get as much minutes as possible and Thiago back from injury. But to play alongside like you know, the, the a proper team, basically, you know, he's not stuck around with kids around him. I think that would have really helped and he fits in perfectly. I think he said after he doesn't normally play in that defensive role, does he normally more of a, of a number eight to get up and down a bit more? But you wouldn't have guessed that either. He, he just fitted in perfectly, as I said, and some big tackles, put himself on the line, technically good, got himself out of a few holes a couple of times. He'd give the ball away once or twice and, and did a little thing. But it's going to happen as it's first start at Anfield. So it's, it's, it was going to happen. But yeah, he was, he was brilliant. And I think that all goes down to that pass, wasn't it, for, for Salah's goal, just watching how great that was. And he looked, obviously we did, did something on it before. He, he, had, he already had a look, did he? Look over his left shoulder and pinpoint pass. So... Yeah, great for him. And obviously, he's from the Wills, so he's not quite scouts, but he's local enough. <laughs> Close <laughs> it's enough. Great to see people like, <laughs> great to see people like that get into the team. So, yeah, really happy for him. And his interview after, it was amazing just to see how happy and proud he was of himself. And, yeah, it's just great to see him a long way at last. As it should be. I mean, it's a mass, It's always a massive compliment um, from your clock when he starts in the first 11, especially at that age, because you know it's genuine. Um, you know, Klopp's always sort of insisted on the importance of uh, throwing on players when they're ready, not just necessarily to make up the numbers. And obviously he's more than justified that faith with his performance on the pitch. I mean, Rick, can you can you see him earning a few more minutes this season? What sort of role do you reckon he'll play? Um, I think it all depends on, on, on injuries, really. I mean, like, I mean, I just want to go back and say, like, when Klopp did the pre-match press conference he was like you know we're going to respect the competition because all the journalists were were saying like you know uh, you're going to put out a weakened squad because you know it's we've got all these potential injury crises it's a it's a irrelevant game in terms of uh, points you've already qualified you know and he says like i'm we're not going to disrespect the the competition and after that if you'd have said oh we're going to put on a on a kid then you, then I would easily go. Well, that's disrespecting the competition. But the performance he put in at Arsenal was was enough for me to be like, oh, okay, this 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 kid belongs in this in this side. And yeah, I just I, I long may that continue. I obviously he was playing in a more defensive role, but had you know the likes of say Harvey Elliott for example been fit, then I think there would have been a little bit more rotation with the players that Klopp has at his disposal. Uh, disposal to just to, to put someone in that defensive role, someone else in that defensive role, and would have let you know Harvey Elliott 
get a get a game. I mean, the fact that he still hasn't played in the Champions League blows my mind. Um, but you know, that's that's injuries for you. But um, yeah, yeah. So to get to get to my point, yeah, he's he's a, he's a phenomenal player. He, he deserves to be within this squad. It's just a case of it'll probably be more cameo appearances in the last twenty minutes to give players you know, a little bit of a break before a, a long run of fixtures or something like that. I can't see him, uh, unless there is a significant injury problem, I can't see him playing, you know, 70 minutes unless it's against a side like Norwich or someone like, you know, bottom of the table, just, you know, as a bit of a safety cushion for, like, you know, giving players rest. Yeah, but I, he's, he's not, he's, he's in that sort of bracket where you're not going to play him against any of the big teams but you'd but you'd still feel quite comfortable him coming on the pitch and and doing a shift for you if you really needed him. I mean, it's obviously interesting because at the start of the season we've seen an eighteen-year-old Harvey Elliott come on, and you know after the loan spell, everyone was like, oh, you know, he'll get a few minutes here and there, and sort of got drafted in. You know, was putting these phenomenal performances, sadly, until the the Leeds game with the the ankle injury. So you never you never really know. But then you know, with the likes of Fabinho, with the likes of Thiago, Henderson sort of coming back into play, you, th- you think those three are the likely ones to sort of feature uh, you know, for the vast majority of the season. And of course, you've got to consider Oxley Chamberlain, whose form's improved. But I mean, you've both touched on injuries, which have again sadly been a big part of our season this year. Yeah, we've seen the defensive injury concerns of the last season uh move up a place up into the centre of the park. Um which makes the links between Thiago and Barcelona, all the more strange. Now, thankfully, um, transfer guru Fabrizio Romano has come out and he's poured cold water on the rumours in question. He's noted that uh, Barcelona obviously admire the player, but uh, the Spaniard's entirely committed to his Liverpool career, as he should be. Um, I mean, it, it seems what to warrant an obvious answer, but you know, is this a player we should be doing absolutely our utmost to keep hold of um, before his contract expires, Pete? Well, yeah, he, I think if we signed him five years ago or anything sooner than that, he'd, he'd be, no doubt, he'd be in our team every week. Obviously, injuries don't help him. He's 30. And I think, you know, there are games where he, he, he tries, but he did last night and it goes over the bar and he does a ball roll and they take it off him and they throw on goal. It doesn't happen too often. And obviously, I'm a massive fan of him and he, he was playing really well against Arsenal and played really well last night. So I think he's... He's somewhat of a luxury player in a way. Obviously, the way you couldn't have three Tiagos playing centre mid together, I don't think it would work. So I think the fact we've got him in the team, it shows the pedigree of where we are. That someone who's just won the Champions League wanted to come and join us. He had a tough season last year. Obviously, his first year in the Prem, and also he had a lot of injuries himself. And the team obviously went really good at that certain part. So I think for where we are now, you've definitely got to keep him, and he's the hole that Wijnaldum's left is going to be filled by one of them. And I think when everyone's fit, it probably is Thiago who comes in. So obviously you want to keep hold of him. And it feels like his career hasn't really started yet. It's been stuttering along. So I think if he was to go, it'd be a strange one on his front and our front, really. But from what he said, he came out and basically committed himself to the club, didn't he? So if he puts in performances like Arsenal and Porto and does that every week and most importantly stays fit, then... Of course, you'd have him, he'll probably play every game and hopefully have some silver in the season as well. I mean, Pete, you've touched on something pretty um, important there, sort of with his uh, scoring record, because obviously he's not known um, for sort of getting on the stat sheet uh, regularly. Regularly, You know, he's, he's, he's an important sort of cog in the context. He sort of makes things sort of work well in the midfield, but he's not going to be a man who's going to get you 10 goals a season, 10 goals or assists a season. Uh, but 
I mean, Rick, is it critical that he does improve his record on the stat sheet or, or is he that kind of player that's, you know, it's, it's so integral to the, the workings of the midfield um, that it almost doesn't matter? No, I don't, I don't think he needs to. Uh, it's, you know, it's 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 nice to see him like you know when he scores and like it's like especially if it's like last night when it's you know going in like uh like i can't i can't get enough of that goal um so more of that but at the same time yeah if he doesn't score then he doesn't score it's not you know i i he he reminds me an awful lot of henderson and firmino in that sort of you know he he's contributing so much to the team but because he's not featuring on the on the on the you know, score sheet very often, it's like you know it, it seems like a, a stick to beat us with by rival fans. When you sit there and you actually watch the match play out and you see the way that he's like you know helping connect the connect the play together, it's I mean you don't you don't want to lose that, and you know it's it's not a he's not a like for like replacement of Wijnaldum like people were calling for. But you know, if if he carries on doing what he what he's doing, I I don't see any issues. I mean, it's interesting you mention Wijnaldum. I, I mean, if you do look at that sort of midfield combination of sort of Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho, you know, it was often accused sort of last season of lacking creativity, of lacking goals, and there was this sort of attitude of going, well, you know, yes, you you've got this phenomenal forward line, but you've got nothing contributing sort of beyond that in midfield but then sort of had the reverse problem this season of lacking solidity in I, midfield when those players have been injured yeah and I, then in- I was gonna say like when if it's if something's working for you why change it you know if if, no, the, exactly. if, if the front line is scoring every week then why why are you de- so desperate to get more goals out of midfield like it's it just it's not like you know, if you've got an electric car, then like, you know, why are you like worried about the sound of the like when you're when you're cruising down the motorway? It's like, I mean, like, yeah, okay, it's it's not making much of a sound, but the whole point of it is, you know, it's an electric car. That's that, that's I, this is a really weird analogy that I just pulled out of nowhere. But <laughs> keep going with it. You know, you sometimes you just want a bit of a brum brum, but like, you know, you're not going to get that from an electric car. But it's getting you from A to B in a clean manner. And like, you know, that's, that's what your, what your priorities are. So that's what you're focusing on. Like it's, I think I've, I think I've fixed this, yeah, this metaphor. Right. I think no, I've nailed you, it. You've saved it there at the last gust. But, 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 but this yeah. is the, this is the point though, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, it, it's, yeah, Klopp, Klopp almost can't win. You know, last season you have that midfield of Henderson, one Alden, Fabinho, and he's criticized for it being too sort of solid, not creative enough. And then, you, you know, you move to this season, you have a few injuries, we lose that solidity and everyone's complaining, going, oh, you know, that midfield is getting bypassed too easily. I mean, people Pete's, are going to complain. Uh, people are going to complain. People like, will complain whatever they do. Yeah. You, you can't win. As you say, sort of don't change what's broken. But I mean, Pete, if we were to go with sort of your best midfield currently in terms of the, the players we have available, including those who are uh, on, you know, sidelined, I mean, what, what would be your midfield three? Yeah, well, just to say on the last thing as well, I think all our sentiments, they don't score an assist. I think we've got a bit of a freak team. I mean, everyone loves Trent and Robbo because they get the assists. I always say, I think our fullbacks get the numbers of what our sentiments normally was in another team, and the sentiments get fullback numbers, basically, and it's that's how the team plays, and that's what Klopp does. So I, I think you can't, you know, Ryan Alden, who left, never really got any goals or assists, and not many of them come in and do it. Even, like, Harvey Elliott's played 
a few games, teams get they get like the pre-assist, don't they? Basically, you know, they're passing it onto the forward line or the fullbacks, who then do the magic for you, basically. So I don't think that the, the sentiment scoring the system matters too much. But I think if you go on your the start on today, it's got to be Fabinho Henderson are in a no-brainer, really, aren't they? Fabinho is the best in his position in the league. Never mind our team, and obviously Hendo gives the legs all around the, the whole team as well. So it's just to the third one is I think on current form and whatever and just if he's playing at his best it's Thiago uh, but I think you do need someone like Oxley Chamberlain Keita Curtis Jones Harvey Elliott the ones who you can bring on and unlock a defence I think obviously Thiago does that but he doesn't really have the pace to beat the team and he'll turn and play a boss pass but I think Oxley Chamberlain I've been really impressed with how he just gets his head down sometimes beats four men yesterday ends up running into traffic in the box but I think you do need to have that option sometimes whereas you say if it feels a bit stale and you've got 10 men behind the ball you've got someone who like what Joel Matip does behind him he'll take four men on and have a shot and if it goes over the bar it's something different to passing it out wide and getting the ball back isn't it so I think you play Thiago but the beauty is that we have got depth in the area that people say we haven't got depth in so I think We've got a good enough squad to to challenge for that time, but yeah, Thiago would start for me alongside the other two. I suppose it depends sort of what you want from the midfield um, on the day. If you're looking for something a bit more robust, you know, you might even, you know, I'll probably get lambasted for this, but you probably might go for someone like a, a Milner <laughs> for safety. Um, but I mean, obviously, Kaita's a, a good shout too. I mean, I, I, we did um, an article about this the other day, looking at sort of contributions in midfield and, you know, isolated lots of looking at interceptions and recoveries per game and obviously from the last season of the top three performers in that regard as I'm sure will not be a surprise to many were uh, Gino Wijnaldum, Jordan Henderson and Fabinho followed um, this season by um, Keita, Milner, Jones and then Oxlade-Chamberlain. Interestingly Thiago's numbers are actually surprisingly good in that regard and he'd actually be um, the well the second best performing midfielder in that, in that regard behind Fabinho, sorry, no, behind Henderson and ahead of Fabinho. Um, so he can contribute in that regard. Um, but as we know with, with Thiago, when he was sort of forced to sort of fill in that amalgamation of a role between uh, sort of Henderson and Fabinho, it, it can be a bit risky with those tackles. Um, but I mean, as as things are, certainly we're getting our best players back. That's the main thing. Um, and so hopefully those sort of midfield concerns uh, go away and we can enjoy a relatively injury-free remainder of the season. Um, in the meantime, however, um, we've got the Ballon d'Or ceremony coming up in a few days. Um, I mean, in our minds, frankly, there should only be one winner. I mean, on current form... You have you have to say Mo Salah is the leading sort of player, um, but there's been arguments about you know to what extent his contributions last season have geared him up to be considered as the leading contender overall for the calendar year. Um, I mean, Rick, we, we we we've discussed this before. You know, obviously the obvious contenders as ever are always Leo Messi and Ronaldo. But if you're looking on form. I mean, they don't they don't hold a candle to Mo Salah, do they? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, Messi is one of those kind of players where he's got all that flair about him. And, you know, uh, the Ballon d'Or is one of those really weird ones because it's an individual award, but it requires so many things to go your way. You know, you need to be on a strong team, both, uh, you know, for club and country level. 
And like, if that's the case, then really Jorginho should be the only player that should win it this season because you know he's been he's Champions League winner and also he won the Euros. So like, that's that's it, Ballon d'Or over. But the fact is, like, you know, it's it's Jorginho. <laughs> he's he's a, he's only there in that running because of like you know he's it's a box as a box ticking exercise. Oh, yeah, the Euros, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's like well, you know, then you go back to well, okay, so Lewandowski. Uh, Messi, you know that these are your sort of like your regular go-to players. But I mean, I mean, Lewandowski's had a good season, but Mo, uh, I mean, uh, Messi, I really don't, I don't, he, he hasn't really done that much at PSG. Um, his his time at Barca last season was, and yet because he's Messi, he's the brand, he's the you know everyone loves him. He's got that flair, the playing style you know, he's going to get the votes and it, it just boggles the mind because you sit there and you actually watch these games and Mo Salah is pulling some of these goals out of like literally nothing, making defenders look like they've, they've just been pulled from like Sunday league. Like, you know, are these Man City players or are these playing for the dog and duck? Like, it's just, you know, I mean, yes, there is a little bit of bias in me, but I mean, like 25 to one, like that, those odds are just ridiculous ridiculous like they should i mean yeah uh you know even like i mean Jorginho. i mean we, we laughed it off but like he's 28 to 1 it's not a mile away from what salah is you know and it's like oh one of these is actually putting in great performances week in week out and the other one's Jorginho. it's just i i just i don't understand it i really don't but salah should win like in my, in my I, opinion and I mean- you know this is the thing, though, isn't it? You, you can sort of make the case uh, for Robert Lewandowski, um, who, ha- who has had a phenomenal, phenomenal year. But then you are talking about the Bundesliga. You know, with all due respect, is not as competitive as the Premier League. Exactly. Put Lewandowski in the Premier League, his his tally will, will be reduced. With all due respect, you know, quality player, but comparable to Salah's season. And you're sort of, and this is what really frustrates me with the argument around Salah, because if you're looking at last season, yes, his numbers perhaps weren't phenomenal, but you're talking about a Liverpool side that was absolutely devastated by injuries. We're talking about a team that he almost single-handedly dragged into the top four spots. And, and then we're sort of bringing up arguments of, well, is, is you know, if we're talking, as you mentioned, Rick, about national level, well, it's like, well, you know, is this an individual award? You know, why Why should team achievements come into play uh, if he's uh, categorically the best individual player? Uh, and I mean, to to go back to like what you were saying, um, like, you know, about like the, the, the strength of the league, um, I mean, to, to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, well, he's coming into the Premier League and most of his best performances have been, you know, in, in European football, like coming in and scoring like last minute goals week in, week out when it's, you know, not Premier League opposition. Like when he's when he's playing against these Premier League oppositions, like it, you're seeing like these five nil, you know, wins. Uh, well, for for Liverpool and like you know, it's just like he's just getting batted every every week, and it's just it, it kind of really does show that like the Premier League is a strong league when you know Ronaldo, who's you know one of these players that everyone loves, um, on a on a global football level, is struggling week in week out. I mean, that's partially to do with the you know what's going on at man united and that being a complete garbage like fire but like you know it's long may that continue well yeah long may that continue yeah. well, fair play to ronaldo though because he's done it though has he? messi's gone to france and yeah. 
Lewandowski stayed in Germany. At least he's he took the chance of holding both of them yeah. and come back. He moves around all the leagues, doesn't he? And I think you know, especially how he started, he, he didn't look like he was an age forward then, did he? So I think you, you've got to give respect to him for I mean, I, taking the chance to do it. I would give him some respect, but the, at the end of the day, we all know that he went to Man United for the pay. Like for the paycheck, yeah, yeah. And, and he probably would have uh, got quite a lot of PSG and whatever else he would have went to. Wouldn't but, he needs that Messi, grand. But Messi went to PSG and got the got their money first. You know, it's not he's not go, like they're not going to then be like, oh, when well, we also need Ronaldo because they've got Messi. Like yeah. it's it, so like it was then well, like that's that's the option that's that that option out the window. Okay, well my next option is Premier League. So Man City, Man United. Which one are going to pay me the most? Or I go to the MLS where I'm not going to get as much, but I'll be like Zlatan, where he was just the, the main guy for a year. Well, yeah, if, if it's all about money, then yeah. But I think you know I'm sure he would have had offers from from every country to have him, wouldn't he? I, I thought he would have, should have just gone to Germany or France to go and say he's won a league somewhere else, hasn't he? But because it doesn't look like he's going to win the league in England again. So I, I don't know. As you say, I think if Messi is revered so much, then I don't know why he's gone to to France. As you say, he's called one league goal this season, hasn't he? So it can't be him. But I think it'd be a travesty if Messi wins it. But obviously not because he's about football. I just don't think the last year has proved that he's the best footballer in the world in the calendar year. So I, no, I, I personally think Lewandowski should have won it the COVID year because about it. Well, he did that that time. So I reckon he might get a bit of a, a sympathy vote because he should have had it the year before and he got the didn't he break the game Muller's record as well last year in the Bundesliga. So I think he'll be the one who gets in. I think all Salah has to do is win something this year and he'll get it the next year. But obviously, it's a it's a long time to wait. But I just think on the fact that we didn't win the last year, and that'll just go against them and the lack of silverware. I mean, so it's a messy for you, Pete. Do you reckon? No, 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 not no, messy. Not messy. <laughs> I'd be upset if it's messy. Lewandowski, I reckon, will win it or at least should win it. And then, uh, yeah, not messy is all I'd say because he's gone. He's gone for the money. So Lewandowski is what I'd say. I think I could. Yeah, I could take Lewandowski winning it. Um, can, can I just better than Messi? Can, can I just throw in a question for you two? Oh, um, go on. Right. So, what caliber, what, what level of trophy would Salah need to win at Liverpool for him to be in contention for the Ballon d'Or next season? Does it have to be Premier League? Or can it be, you know, would the FA Cup suffice? Does it have to be like, you know, like to, for him to, for them to have like really like go, well, he's won a competition. You know, because I, uh, you know, FA Cup probably wouldn't suffice. It needs to be on European level. But I mean, like, which, what, at what point does he start? Do people start going right? Well, he's won this, therefore he's now in contention. Well, I think if he comes second in the two major ones and gets an FA Cup, I think I think that could be enough in terms. You know, if there was the final Champions League and City beat us, I don't think the FA Cup would take him over the line. No, but you could say, oh well, if he's top goal scorer in the Prem. If he's lost the Champions League final, come second in the league, but at least he won the FA Cup, then you can't say he's won nothing type of thing. I think that would help him. But I, I think that would be the only scenario, unless, mm. you know, I don't think we could come fourth and lose the semi-final, but he's the top goal scorer and everything, he'd win it. But unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think he'd have to win one of the major ones. You know, I, I, if you just look at sort of the competition, if you look at sort of where it's going, um, the Ballon d'Or, speaking of course, um, where that's sort of heading, I, I think he would need to win one of the major ones and do and would probably have to do relatively well in Europe as well, just to sort of get, you know, uh, tongues wagging 
when it comes to the ceremony, sadly. I mean, we're biased, but we've also seen how he's performed last year. We've seen how he's performing this year. It should be Mo Salah on current form, but it probably won't. But is it current form? What's it voted on? Is it voted on right well, now it, or the last a, calendar year? It, it'll or, be over um, the calendar year, but well, then we're sort of, we're, you know... Well, it's it, it, it is tough, but I think you, you have but, to... But, but, but even over the calendar year... Like even over the calendar yeah, year, yeah. Salah has like you know he. If we didn't have Salah in the team last last season, like no top four, from, yeah, yeah, you know well, we wouldn't have top four. You know we'd probably be like bottom half of the table, probably struggling, maybe relegation. Who knows? Which is just mad. But the number of goals that he was contributing, Mane didn't step up last season. Firmino didn't step up last season. As we were saying earlier, there's no goals coming from midfield. <laughs> It's just like, you know, it, it, we would have really struggled. He has contributed probably as much as, say, Jorginho has for the Euros and the Champions League. It's just that the squad around him was sufficient enough to get over the line for those trophies. Yeah. Most of the when the Euros can he so. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a domestic um, sort of individual award. So why international fixtures should play a role is, is yeah. utterly beyond me. Um, but yeah, there it is. They will be taken into account. And sadly, um, as I'm sure in, in our eyes, Salah will be robbed of that individual award. But, you know, there's always next year. And if they take into account his, you know, his current form, and if that extends beyond into the next one, hopefully he'll get the recognition he deserves, if not now, then for now, of course, you know, we've got a return to domestic action ourselves to look forward to. We're hosting Southampton at Anfield. Um, I mean, they've, they've enjoyed a, a decent sort of batch of form, three wins, a draw and a loss for Ralph Hasenhutl's men. Um, they find themselves 13th in the table coming off a 2-1 defeat to Norwich, but they are visiting Anfield. I mean, I don't know about you, Pete, but um, obviously we had that sort of home streak ended recently. And I, I always find uh, Liverpool are a bit of a dangerous prospect for any side, you know, having to come to Anfield when we're looking to sort of build up another long running uh, home streak, sort of uh, unbeaten home streak, I should say. Uh, what What are your thoughts out of this one? Well, the, these are the games we've not done great at, haven't they, really recently? Obviously, Brighton and West Ham are above them, you know, in terms of quality. But I think it's going to be a tough one because they're just going to sit in, really, aren't they? They've got pace on the break, and that's the thing that affects us. So I think it's just going to have to be a professional performance. I think at Anfield, we've, we have been doing really well, and I think the crowd will be up for it. I think three o'clock doesn't happen too often to Anfield, really. So I think hopefully that'll be maybe the nostalgia for everyone there that we remember playing what it's like to play at three o'clock on a Saturday and get behind them because it, it shows the Arsenal game, even though we. The crowd's needed as much as anything. And hopefully Hassan will try to have a fight with Klopp after 10 minutes and then we can get going again because <laughs> that seems to work with Arteta. So I think it's just important to not concede an early goal and just remain positive for as long as we can. You know, it's one of those games where what, what midfield do you put into your poor Hendo for being Hillbill and one of them obviously wouldn't be that type of game you'd expect them to be. So how attacking do we go? Does Oxley Chamberlain stay in? It's, it's going to be a tough one to pick. But I think obviously it looks like Jota will be fit enough to play obviously he was on the bench so we've got those from today and we've got Robbo hopefully back I think it could be enough if we just go and attack them and just say just don't concede that early goal and watch out for the corners of the hold Allison's arm again and fingers crossed we'll, we'll get over the line 
No, no, I, I suppose all we really need is another massive tackle, tackle from a Sadio Mane on the touchline just to get Hasenhutl riled up. I, 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 do, I do feel for him, you know, it seems just everyone, I don't know why so many people seem to have a problem with Sadio Mane. <laughs> I, mean, I think Klopp sort of pointed that out in a press conference, sort of saying he was absolutely sick of the way Mane was being treated. I mean, do you see this one being... I mean, you pointed to it being a bit of a, a banana skin in waiting. Uh, do you reckon it'll be sort of a tight scoreline here or could it be another one where we blow them away at L4? Yeah, well, I think, if I just touch on it on Robbo as well, I think the, the Simicast competition has helped him. He looked like he came on with a point to prove, didn't he? I think that's going to be a big one for the rest of the season because he hasn't had that competition. He Obviously, he took the place off Moneno, but I think as soon as he played two good games, he played more than Moneno had, so he, he had his spot and I think that, it's been his, and I think he has to say he looked like he really had a point to prove against Porto. So I expect him to be flying because there's been a lot of criticism, or maybe not criticism, just more praise for Simicast and criticism of Robbo. So I think he's he's going to be coming in with a point to prove. And in terms of results, I predicting them because they always go back on back on. Yeah, but I think we should have enough. Hopefully, an early goal or so is out. So I, I think if we get the first one and. We get an end and Mo gets his cat his, his standard goal and Trent gets an assist. There should be two or three in there for us. And we've looked quite solid at the back. So I'll say two or three nil, but I hate saying it, so don't ask me again. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, thank you very much for that. Would you um agree with that, Rick? Are you going for something a little spicier? I I think it'll be a two-nil. I think it'll be a you know, Mane and Salah will both get goals. Um I think I mean, I mean, just looking at looking at how Southampton have fared. I mean, they had a a loss to Norwich City, who were you know struggling at the moment. Aston Villa, they got a win there before Stevie came in. You know, so they were on their sort of last breath. There's just the form that they they're in at the moment is a bit of a false indicator. I think they're just sort of they've been they've been struggling from what I've seen of them. Uh, despite what the, the the form charts all set or tell you, so I think that would be a fairly comprehensive win. I don't think it'll be a banana skin at all. Uh, yeah, so two nil for me. Oh, interesting, interesting. I, I'm gonna go for something. Well, not controversial, but I, I, it, it, I mean, it's one we sort of struggled with in the past. But then I do agree if we kind of you know get that early goal, um, scare them a little, it could be a bloodbath. But uh, you know, there's, I think there's something in me that's sort of feeling uh, that they're going to get a goal. So I think it'll be a tighter one. Um, I'm going to go for a two-one for that. But hoping for plenty more goals and to uh, continue our sort of streak of scoring two or more goals in every game. And we'll be looking forward to that one come Saturday. For now, thank you for joining us. Again, it's been myself, Farrell Keeling, Rick Elliott and Peter Kenny-Jones. Feel free to join us again next week.